You're listening to Live from My Mother's Basement with me, Mike Marino. Instagram, we're a little late. We had trouble loading up the food in the kitchen, but we're ready to go. I have one of the greatest, funniest, most talented actors on my show today. I'm so happy that I'm, I'm actually in Los Angeles, of course. And my friend, I was begging for, I guess, a couple of months, please come down on my show. <laughs> so today we have actor slash comedian Ahmed Ahmed. Let's start off by saying thank you for coming to my house. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Uh, awesome place. Thanks for, by the way, it wasn't a couple months. You asked me and I, and I said yes pretty quickly. Well, it was I mean, a scheduling thing. But. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a, a working, talented guy. And you're like, please, can you come? And uh, he took some time out of his day today. Of course, we're here in California. California's only 5 o'clock. Usually I do the show on the East Coast. It's 8 o'clock at night. And it's hard to even get talent on your show at 8 o'clock because they're usually working. In fact, that's why I did my show on Tuesday nights. Monday, Just Tuesday, you think town, you, yeah. you, you, it might be easier to get a comedian right. rather than a Thursday, Friday, Saturday sure. when they're out making their money. And I know you got a lot of shows, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about where you're from. We're going to talk about what's going on in the world. And we're also going to have some food. <laughs> I'm glad that he did that. And, and By the have way, the spread in here, if you, guys, you guys can't see it, but... We're going to show it to nice, everybody. Nice, great spread in here, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. On the absolutely, absolutely. I've known Ahmed Ahmed casually for, I would say, a pretty long time. But then we started to get more and more friendly... Uh, I guess, as work progressed in the showbiz world. And we're going to take in a lot of questions for our Med Ahmed. And uh, we were talking about how we didn't have any wine today. And the first person to write into the show is a wine sponsor. <laughs> how fucked up is that? That was my fault. And, no, no, it's not no, his it fault. No, it was my fault. I was supposed <laughs> to pick up a bottle of wine and I forgot. I'm going to have like three or four bottles of wine delivered here in the next couple of days. I'll come by, back. Uh, I'll come back. Fortino Winery in Gilroy, oh, California. Wow. Well, hey, so, you guys can always sponsor me too. Yes, <laughs> it's I a drink a lot different of kind wine. of wine. Do you really? Yeah, man, I I drink. Oh, all right. Yeah, I think I think people think because I'm Muslim, I don't drink. I oh, just, we um, are so gonna have a great conversation because he said that right up at the top of the show. Yeah. And me being, I guess, I don't know, Catholic slash Christian, well, I want to ask all these questions and then tie it right into the fact that we're actually comedians who have a lot of fun. It's crazy how many people write in. Yeah, I'm looking at the Instagram. Feed. I can't look at the Instagram. It's too far I away and I'm blind. Tons. Hey, everyone. Yep. Uh, hey, it. Anthony, my brother. Anthony from, Arena. From down, on, <laughs> down other. Oh, well, maybe Australia. Ciao, Mike. Yeah, you got you got a lot of people on Instagram checking. Oh, it's out. gonna get crazy. What's up, guys? What's up, YouTube? What's up, Instagram? Right. Well, I'm glad that everybody's writing in on Instagram. We're gonna take in some questions in a little while after we get to show up and roll in a little bit. And of course, on the main page right here, I guess maybe we should make the Instagram eventually the main page because so many people seem to write in on Instagram a lot faster than they do here on um, Facebook Live. But then again, this is all going to go out on Spotify, Anchor, Google, and all of that fun stuff. So when we take in the questions, we're going to have some fun with Ahmed Ahmed. So let's start. Let me, let me start off by asking you this question, because I remember I was talking to you once backstage at one of the shows, and I said, hey, Ahmed Ahmed, or something like that. And I could have sworn you said, it's actually Ahmed Ahmed. Am I wrong? Well, my name is pronounced 
Ahmed. So A H M E D. How do you say it? Ah, med. Ahmed. Thank you. I said it right. Yeah. Ahmed. Yeah. You gotta. Ahmed. You gotta. You gotta extend the H. There's no C or K in there. It's Ahmed. Wow. It's very seductive. And what? Yes, it is seductive. I felt a little woo woo myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I got all dressed up. But um. But Ahmed is short for Mohammed. Oh, is that right? And Mohammed means thank God. In, uh, in Arabic, in, in the Muslim faith, and Ahmed means the one who thanks God. Oh. So that's my name, the one who thanks God, the one who thanks God. So that's what your parents named you instead of Muhammad. Ahmed. Ahmed was, was short for Muhammad because um, apparently Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, his... Um, his like close friends would call him that. It's like calling like calling somebody Bob and Robert, right? Or you know like oh, you know Mike like, Michael. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a shorter version for the name, but it's only his close friends would call him that. Not his. This, like, this is fantastic to to learn and find. <laughs> no, it really is because in my world, if someone called me Mike, they knew me as a guy. Mike, it's the guy down yeah. the street. If you call me Michael, that's, that's you a, know me in a loving, caring, family way. Sure, and, and maybe even a more. You know, like you're, something your your parents would say to you, Michael. Michael, right. yes, right. exactly. So that's it. So, but your close buddies, like you know, myself, Angelo Sarukas, all your comedy comrades. Hey, Mike. Right. You know, it's more. Well, like Marino. A, yeah, or just your last name. Yeah. In this case, your last name is the same as the first, so yeah. nobody knows whether you, you don't know if somebody's calling you by your last name or not. I just look over both shoulders. That is hilarious. Ahmed, Ahmed. Ahmed, Ahmed. When I was, when I was in, uh, I took my pilgrimage to Mecca when I was um, 27. So there's four and a half million people from around the world who congregate for this annual pilgrimage. And, you know, Ahmed and Muhammad are the most popular names on the planet. And so a lot of people were like yelling out my name. And I'd always turn around thinking, oh, it's for me. And it wasn't. And then one time, I heard somebody yell my name out three times. I didn't turn around. And then the guy goes, yo, Ahmed Ahmed from Riverside. <laughs> we were in Mecca, Saudi Arabia, in, full, in front of four million people. And I turned around, and it was this fellow Muslim cat that I knew. <laughs> like, shouted me out. I got popped in Mecca. You know, I got, right. I got recognized in Mecca. Holy I just thought no. it was weird. You say Riverside. Why? You... I was raised in Riverside. No kidding. Yeah, I was born in Egypt. Father immigrated to the U.S. when I was a month old, and I was I grew up in Riverside, California. Isn't that strange? Is there a lot of uh, Muslims like you out in no, Riverside? No, we were we were like the only we were like the Adams family. You know, we were like the weird. You know, we were like the. What weird an analogy! Family. We were like the Adams family. No, we were, we were like the Munsters. <laughs> the Munsters. We were the weird family on the block that people would never trust and. My mom, you know, we're from Egypt, so everything she cooked had like cumin and garlic and, you know, uh, paprika and all these weird, you know, Middle Eastern spice and East Indian spices coming out of the house, cloves. People always thought there was like weird shit going on in our house. I remember my mom used to burn this stuff called bahur, which was like incense for the house, and it would keep away the evil eye. I know the Italians have the same kind of... Wow. You know, if we burn something, it ain't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, it burned. 
<laughs> but no, we got um, the fingers, which is somebody gave you the bad luck. Right. They don't really burn incense too much, but I guess you guys. Well, my mom, so she had that, and then she also had, um, you know, the little evil eye, the blue yeah. eye. Those were all over our house. So she was, like, really into that. She didn't like uh, telling her business. Don't tell anybody your business. Wait till you finish. Then you tell them if they'll give you the evil eye. You know, and sometimes it was just, like, rudimentary kind of stuff. So I was like, evil eye. I'm just going to play video games, you know. <laughs> It's almost, it, well, it's hilarious in a way. I don't wanna, I'm not going to laugh at your family, your culture, but coming from an Italian family, we actually heard the same thing. Yes. Watch out. Yeah. Watch what you say to people. You never know who's your enemy. Right. No, it's a very similar, <laughs> you know, Mediterranean culture, I guess, in that sense. Let me just see who's right. Egyptian food is the best. Oh, okay. We're going to get into it now. All right. <laughs> Italians have the Malokia. Okay, this is going to be a great show. <laughs> this is gonna be hilarious. Um, if there's California people watching, I know a lot of people watching from back east, maybe different parts of the country. Riverside, California, to me was kind of like uh, the suburbs of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, Hollywood would be the city, and Riverside would be the suburbs. Whereas New York would be the city, and where I'm from in Scotch Plains is Riverside, the suburbs. Mm -hmm. So a lot of families. Um, Mostly people would just had regular jobs and weren't in the show business industry and weren't around this crazy area mm -hmm. of North Hollywood, Studio City, Sherman Oaks. So growing up there, did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I, I have four sisters and uh, my brother, so six of us. Wow, that's a big family. <clears throat> yeah, big family. My dad was like the town mechanic. He was like the go-to trustworthy oh, is that right? mechanic in our neighborhood in Riverside. Um, as I said, we were the only Egyptian family. There were a couple other Muslim families there, but just straight up like Egyptian Arabic culture, we were the only. See, that's going to be so confusing for me. You know, I'm just going to say me. I know a lot of people are going to ask the same questions that I would ask, but we're going to just say me because in the world of Hollywood now, we don't want to offend nobody or say the wrong things. But I don't get it. <laughs> All right, so you say Muslim. <clears throat> And you're Egyptian. Right. Muslims, the religion. Right. Egyptians, what you are. The ethnicity, correct. So as I say, I'm Italian. Catholic, Catholic. is my religion. Right. So you're a Muslim. Right. And now, what's the difference between, let's say, Muslim and Catholicism? <clears throat> so, well, in direct beliefs or? I don't know, in <clears throat> anything. Muslims, I mean, look, I'm no preacher. This is not like a, neither of us are preachers. Yeah, whatever I say. But obviously we get along. <laughs> yeah. We've got a Muslim and a Catholic. Yeah. Is that know. a good thing? <laughs> we're going to eat. Something's bringing us together. <laughs> Comedy and food. In a couple more minutes, we're both going to be dripping garlic, so we got to get on with this. <laughs> the place smells like cheese. <laughs> Islam is um, it's a religion, but see, most Arabs are Muslim. Most Muslims are not Arab. So you'll have... Chinese Muslim, Indian, Pakistani Muslim, uh, white Muslim, black Muslim, Arab Muslim. Right. It's just a religion and a faith. Right. Just like Catholicism. The difference in practice, I don't know that much about Catholicism, so it's not my place to talk on it or about it. But Islam, there's the five basic pillars. Believe in one God. Uh, pray five times a day. Give, uh, give to charity. Um, believe in uh, heaven and hell, 
was one of them. And um, go to uh, Mecca once in your lifetime. As so you've been to Mecca? Yeah, so I, I, I checked that box. <laughs> Can anybody go? Or, I mean... Uh, you have to be a Muslim, Michael. <laughs> I would love to experience it. I mean, how many billions of people? It's four million. Four million people. It's funny. Um, I've had comic friends of mine. I, I, won't, I won't name names, but they ask, you know... See, you ask, like, intelligent, curious questions. Some of them are asking me, like, really dumb questions, so... <clears throat> well, quite honestly, I do want to know. Well, we right. have to make the show funny, because we're comedians... That's the whole gist of what we do. But technically, I know a lot of people watching right now saying, go, Mike, go, because we would like to know. We would like to know. But in a good way, because Mecca, I'm thinking Madison Square Garden. I'm yeah. not thinking what he's talking about. Well, Mecca in the Arabic um, just means, um, or in English means uh, center. The Mecca of this, the center of that. <clears throat> but um, This is the Mecca of all podcasts. Right. I right. wish. Yeah, no. We'll get there. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> I used to mess around with my with my you know kind of racist friends or like anti-Muslim friends because I'm not like your typical Muslim. So you know, I drink, I gamble, I have sex. <laughs> I don't eat pork. That's the that's where I draw the line. <laughs> it's in the dish. <laughs> I don't eat pork, but I slept with a few pigs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> pal, pal, Russell Peters wrote that joke. <laughs> Is that right? Years ago. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. Uh, I was like talking to this comic friend of mine, a white comic friend of mine, and I said, um, I said, just do me a favor, repeat after me, La ilaha illallah. And he goes, La ilaha illallah. I said, he said, what does that mean? I said, um, uh, Muhammadun Rasulullah, Muhammadun Rasulullah. He said, I said, what does that mean? I said, it means there is no God but God, and Muhammad is the messenger. And if you say that out loud, you, you are technically converted into a Muslim. Oh, wow. He was like, get it off of me. Get it off of me. I was thinking I was going to try it. I think I might have get the words wrong. He got so offended. And I said, he said, is that, is that really? And I said, well, you have to have intention behind it. And really, you got to mean it. You got to mean it. And you have to go through all the practices of it. But technically, if you say it out loud, you know, you're, you're on your way. <laughs> he did not like that. That is hilarious. I think one of the greatest things in the world to me is a comedian can bring joy to anything that other people could see harm in. And we're guys who make you laugh by telling the truth because there's always something funny about the truth. So many people will say to me, you're Italian? Hey, I know where there's an Italian restaurant. And I say, well, why would I want to do that? I know what that's like. I want to go see something else. Now, tonight's show, of course, the catering is provided by Foggia Italian Deli and Market in Lakewood, California. We're going to talk about that. But I would like to know what the food of his culture is, because I really don't know, but I would want to go try it. We have a mutual friend. His name is Angelo Sarukas. Angelo, man. Big He's Angelo. A great guy, bro. <laughs> he imitates him really good. Him, bro. I'm Reno, Reno. Great guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's from Canada, he's, and he's he says, ah, ah, a lot. But um, he's Greek, and he knows everything about his Greek culture, and he knows everything about Greek food. Mm -hmm. So when I was with him in Montreal or wherever we went on the road, if he said, I'm taking you for Greek food, you just sat there, and you let him order the food, mm -hmm. unless you had something you were allergic to. 
But I told him, I don't eat fish, and he just loaded up my plate. Now, I don't even know what I was having. He got really mad when I said gyro. <laughs> hero. hero. Yeah, hero. It was hero. a hero. We say hero sandwich. But we had a lot of fun having that. So what exactly is, let's say, food of, is it Egypt? Um, Gina Marie, Egyptian food is fantastic. Oh, we're going to get a lot of yeah, great food. I mean, she's actually in Long Island, New York, oh, and she's okay. Italian. Say hello to my friend Ahmed Ahmed. Hey, Wait a minute, say right. Ahmed. 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 Um, What's your <clears throat> sisters and brothers' names? My oldest sister is named, uh, her name's Samaya. Samaya? Yep. And then it's me and then Nanis. Anis. Nanis. Nanis. Mm-hmm. Um, Amira. Um, and then Amir, who's a boy. <clears throat> and then Sarah. Sana. She was a biblical name out of the Bible. They're, they're great names. They're really great names. How about your mother and father? Fatima is my mom's name. My late father, Abu Bakr, my middle name. What's the name? Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr. How great is that name? It almost sounds it? like a food. <laughs> I'll have the Abu Bakr. <laughs> <laughs> Put a glass of wine. Can I have two of those, please? Sarah? (laughs) Can I have a side of Fatima? Thank you. So what... I mean, I know we're jumping around a lot. I had some topics food. I wanted to Egyptian talk about. Egyptian food. It's, it, 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 it's, 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 you know, it's very rice and meat based. So there's always rice, whatever you do. There's always some sort of pita bread, whatever you do. But then you have the typical Arabic sort of cultural foods that kind of streamline the whole Middle East. The whole Middle East, they call it mina. The Middle, Middle East, um, North Africa, M-E-N-A, MENA region. So that's, you know, Libya, Tunisia, North Africa. Then you go into the Levant, which is Jordan, Lebanon, um, Syria. Then you go into, like, you know, even, like, say, I wouldn't say Dubai and um, Abu Dhabi and the Gulf, but, like, you know, Lebanon, I would say Egypt. You know, you'll have like your hummus, your tabbouleh, your falafels, your sort of side dishes. Um, and then I've, get, he- I've heard tabbouleh. Tabbouleh. What, what is tabbouleh? Tabbouleh is actually one of the best things you can put in your diet. It's chopped parsley, cracked uh, wheat, which is couscous, um, chopped, finely chopped tomato, onion. Uh, some people like to put some mint in there. And then you, uh, you just use uh, olive uh, olive oil, lemon, a little bit of salt, pepper, and a dash of cumin. It's right. very refreshing. It's a palate cleanser. People typically eat it. Um, well, now it's like, a, the funny thing is, is my parents used to own a Middle Eastern food restaurant. Oh, is that right? It was called the Nile Restaurant. It was before falafel stands in Riverside. It was like late 80s, early 90s. It was before, you know, Middle Eastern food became, you know, like this healthy vegan option and we, let's get some hummus, let's get some baba ganesh, let's get some falafels. <laughs> you can go to these Middle Eastern food restaurants and not even have to eat the meat. It's, you know, and it's really healthy. It's, like, good for your digestive system. You know, you know, L.A. got really, like, you know, trendy with all that. But we, we've been eating this food for years, yeah. thousands of years. And it just became popular after my parents closed the restaurant, oddly enough. Then you started seeing these falafel stands pop up and... You know, anything with chickpeas and, you know, um, sesame seeds and this, that, and the other thing. Turmeric. Like, people didn't know what turmeric was, you know, a couple years ago. People didn't know. You know, they would associate it with curry. I don't even know what baba ganoush is. Baba ganoush, for those of you that are listening, 
some people call it uh, mutabal, but it's baked uh, or roast. I'm sorry, roasted or baked whole eggplant, and you put it in either in a food processor. My mom likes to mash it up, um, you know, uh, manually with like a fork or a thing, and you put tahini sauce in there, which is sesame seed oil, and then garlic and um, lemon salt pepper, and you dip it. You know, you dip your bread in it. You know, we should do a podcast where I come and I cook for you. I can't. Yeah, well, yeah, because I know everybody's watching right watch now. They're, they're writing shit down. Like, what the hell is he talking about, this guy? He's fantastic. But we all want to hear these names and probably don't know 100% exactly what it is that you're talking about. Now, when I think of your type of food, this Egyptian-type food, I was thinking lamb a lot. Yeah, we eat a lot of lamb. Somebody just said, I'll stick to fasuli with meat sauce. Yeah, I mean, you know, we Egyptians have our own version of it. It's called... Um, What's it called? My mom used to call it. Well, macaroni bachamel. It's basically like Middle Eastern lasagna. It really is. It's a lasagna, but they... All right, we got to go. There's going to be a fight. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> can you read up there? I know I they might have my Instagram channel up above us, and there's a lot of people writing into the show right pre, now. Pre, it looks like, says that would be dope if you cook for him. Yeah, All right. right. Okay, we're going to have to have them back on the show. Challenge. We'll have to take it into the kitchen, and uh, we'll have the My Italians food. versus the Egyptians uh, podcast slash food cooking show. Who did it first? Who did, Who did it first? better? Yeah. Who did it better? <laughs> Who did what better? The Italians. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be hilarious. I'm, I'm so glad we hit this topic, and this wasn't even supposed to be what we were going to start talking about, and that's what I love when I have a, a comedian on the show who knows how to bring a topic to life, even if it wasn't something that we wrote down in the script. Because I was watching the news tonight, and we're in Los Angeles. The weather is hot, but there's still a big homeless problem out there right now. And Ahmed produces a show in Venice Beach. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that show where you can go and watch him perform if you're here in Los Angeles. Of course, I got to do the show. And in Venice, there's so many homeless people mm -hmm. in the area. And now they're in the streets where you would park a car. So that's pretty brutal. Well, the, the homeless population, and look, nothing against the homeless. I, I have empathy yes, and sympathy Yes, we would want to help them. Right. How many charities as stand-ups have we done to help homeless yeah, people? Yeah, but it's like, you know, let's not get political. But there's a lot of stuff happening here in California politically that is enhancing the homeless population. The weird news is, is the, it's, there's different levels of homeless. So you have, like, the people that are on rock bottom... And then you have the people who, like, look like they just became homeless. Yes. Like, I saw, some of them are, like, camping. Yes. They I saw tents, I, and you wonder, where's everybody getting uh, these like tents? A, like a two-story tent. They should have Zillow for the homeless. Yep. I saw a guy with a Mercedes Sprinter van, fire pit, couch, hammock. <clears throat> he had, like, a little kitchen set. He was on a date. You know, like a proper homeless date. Right, right. And I was just like, hey, if you're going to do it. Do it like, you know, he's, he's doing it. He found a way to date, you know, in the corner of, you know, Maine and Horizon. <laughs> I went down to Venice to do your show, and I couldn't believe all it's the homeless tents, and there was no place to put your car in parking areas. Mm -mm. Today in the news, they said they're trying to clean up the beach area of Venice Beach to get rid of they the homeless around there. And that's a place where there have been homeless people for hundreds of years anyway. Yeah. Well, it's just that now homeless. they have the tents, and they've taken over so much land Downtown Los Angeles is unbelievable. I mean, By the way, thousands. some of these some of, some of these tents, I don't know if you've seen them on TV for those of you that 
don't live in California, some of these tents are elaborate. Yeah. Like, I actually approached one guy and said, can we do stand-up comedy inside of your tent? Because <laughs> he had a big space. I was like, you know, we could probably pack 40 in can here. Can we put a show on <clears throat> in your house? <laughs> can we do 40 distanced people in here with, for sure, masks? Um, no, they have some really, ela- some guy was like, he set up like a taco stand. You know, homeless guy, like next to his tent. God bless him, he's trying to earn a buck. It's like, you know, like when a kid has a lemonade stand, but he's selling little street tacos for like a dollar a piece, and he had the apron, and he like, he's like, I'm going to make the, you know, the most of this homelessness. So that, that I can, you know, respect to an extent, at least he's trying. Whereas some of these homeless people, they're just, you know. <clears throat> abusing really, the system they're in abusing, a way. They're abusing could the be. system. Could be. Could be. There are a lot of them around drugs. Yeah. There's a lot of mental illness, which is, you know, that's not their fault, but. I've it's seen sad. I've seen people cook on the street. Yeah, and they have hot dogs down there wrapped with bacon, mm-hmm. and then they have some chicken dishes, some taco dishes. And the funniest thing is, no one's getting arrested. Oh yeah, because it's not legal at all. No. It couldn't possibly be. How do you have a, like a little fire and you're selling hot dogs that you probably got at Costco for a dollar for a hundred of them, and you're selling them <clears> for two bucks? Yet they're doing it. Well, the new thing is, is the homeless are. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's always I'm on an app called Citizen App. Do you have Citizen App? No. If you guys don't know what Citizen App is, get it. It's an app that tells you what crimes are happening oh. in your neighborhood within a whatever mile radius you type in, uh, re- being reported by citizens. So it could be your neighbor driving by, somebody looking out the window, but it's always like Bing, you know, trash can fire on the corner of so and so and so and so. Bing. Man brandishes gun on a homeless person. Bing. The one that I used to get all the time. Bing. Homeless, shirt, shirtless homeless man uh, waving around, waving a machete. And I'm like, huh? And then this will pop up like every 10 minutes. Bing. There's the machete guy again. There's always a guy with a machete. So one night I was walking home after a show and I hear this, yeah, yeah. And I turned around. And it was a guy with a machete. And I pulled up my phone and I go, machete guy? <laughs> and he goes, I, I knew it was him. I was just wanting to clown him. So he did his, he did, my friend was sitting next to me. He was getting a few out of it. So he does it again. Yeah, yeah. And I go, bro, the app makes you look like you're, you know, a big guy. You're 5'2". I thought, I thought it was going to, I thought machete man was going to be Drago from Game of Thrones. And. You look like a gremlin, and I go, I go, stop, whatever you're doing. He does it again. Ah, ah. And I said, you want a sharpener for that thing? <laughs> I just kept on clowning him and clowning him. He does it again. I said, that's not even a machete. It's a like a Sithar. Look like a prop from the movie Aladdin. <laughs> and then he does it again. Ah, ah. And then I just went like this, Mike. I went, I just like, you know, flexed on him. And he goes, ah, and he like ran. And my friend was like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. I was like, no, dude, I don't need some guy waving a machete at me. I'm like, you know what's crazy about this whole thing, too? He's probably getting millions of views on TikTok. <laughs> well, I, he, I've never seen this app, but I heard about it. Citizen app. You should get it. Citizen app. You know, some of the craziest shit will pop up, and you'll just be like, really? Imagine that you're walking down the street and like, wow, that's the guy that's in my app. Yeah. You know, wow. naked naked woman masturbating on meth or something. Oh, it's good. Like, Let's take a walk down that block. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of tells you what blocks to avoid. Here's the problem with Venice Beach, too, and all of Los Angeles, for that matter. And I'll just get a little political. Gavin Newsom, Mike Bonin, the LAPD, they're all in on letting the homeless run freely like zombies and do what the fuck they want. But then they see people that have maybe 
a little bit of money or look like they're doing okay in life. And those are the people they're going to ticket. Those are the, I got a jaywalking ticket three weeks ago. For real? True story. In I don't Venice think Beach. anybody gave a jaywalking ticket out anymore. If you go on uh, my Instagram, it's at Ahmed Comedy after the podcast. But at, at Ahmed Comedy. At Ahmed Comedy. Go to my video. I posted it. I, I, I interviewed the cop who gave me the ticket. He let you? He doesn't have a choice. It's by law. I'm allowed I to always feel like if I videotape a cop, I'm the no, guy that's going to go to jail. Fuck them. <laughs> no, because then you have evidence. Plus, so it's right across the street from my house. It was a Sunday morning around 11. Streets were empty. I'm going to get a cup of coffee at the deli right across the way. I'm almost across the street. It was a green light with the red flashing hand. And right as I'm about to finish, you know, crossing the street, I hear this, whoop, whoop. And in my head, I go, oh, that can't be for me. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. I hear it again, whoop, whoop. I turn around and the cop on the motorcycle goes, you know, he couldn't say pull over because I was walking. He was like, step right, on right. the side. And I went, <laughs> Because I'm like, what did, what did I do What wrong? did I do? <laughs> I get onto the sidewalk. I turn around. I said, is everything okay, officer? And he goes, yeah, everything's okay. I said, why'd you pull me over? He goes, well, you were jaywalking. I said, no, I wasn't. He goes, you were jaywalking. I said, it was a green light with the red flashing sign. So by law, I just have to proceed with caution. Right. And there weren't any cars coming. He said, there was a car coming that way and a car. I said, now you're reaching. I said, don't do that. And then while he's... He's like, you were jaywalking and da 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 and he started writing me the ticket. And I go, what about that person right there? What about, while this is happening, other people are jaywalking yeah. in front of us. And I go, what about that person? And he goes, I'm not God. I can only do one thing at a time. And I said, I know God's not giving out jaywalking tickets on a Sunday, my man. Get it together. And this was Venice Beach? Venice Beach. He saw that I had some nice shoes. Can I show them my shoes? Yeah. I was wearing these shoes, just for the record. Dun, dun, dun. Now, for the record, for the record, these are Under Armour. Dun, dun, dun. Right, in case Under Armour wants to sponsor me. Under now, Armour, please look now, us up at now, Ahmed Ahmed. Now, now the reason, the reason I say this is because, forget about the colors on my shoes. There wasn't a sort of message with the shoes. I thought he probably looked at me and was like, those shoes probably cost him 160 bucks. Right. He could afford a $200 ticket. And that's what the ticket was. It was Is it $200? 200 bucks a jaywalk. Holy shit, for crossing at the wrong area. No, but see. Did but, you get the ticket? Yeah. You I mean, couldn't talk your way out of it. He gave it to you. I tried to, and then I felt like it was going to start getting. Punchy? Yeah. You know, he's and he's a black cop, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm also, I'm Egyptian, so technically I'm black. So I was like, you know, two black guys oh, riding on the street. Oh, man. <laughs> when I first moved to California, I guess I first came out, I was 23 or 24. And I was so used to going to school in Manhattan. So everybody just crossed wherever you felt like crossing. There yeah. was no such thing as go at the green. You went wherever you went. So I remember getting pulled over for jaywalking. I looked at the cop. I'm like, seriously? That really happens? I thought it was a, like a joke. Yeah, like he a goes, no, man. here's the ticket. But, but back then, it was only 50 bucks. And I'm like, Really? And he handed it to me. Yeah, I, that sucks. Two hundred bucks sucks. No, but then, but then you'll see people like jaywalking, and you know, right outside of my house, there's like major violations and crimes going on. They don't see that, and they can't. You can't give a homeless guy a ticket for jaywalking. Where, where are you going to mail? Where are you going to mail the ticket? Where are you going to mail the ticket to his tent? Yeah. 
What are you gonna mail it to Zillow? <laughs> Zillow for homeless? No, it's getting at, it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Venice Beach, and you hit it right on the money. <clears throat> the homeless population, they know too. Somebody said, "Love the shoes." Thank you so much, Under Armour. Under Armour. <laughs> I'm trying to get. Hey, well, we're showing everybody our shoes. Hit. There you go, Vans. There we go. I remember Vans. I used to wear Vans. Oh, they feel great. We're going to try a little food right now, yeah. and we'll uh, weigh this against what he'll say the equivalent, I think, would be fun to what his food is all about. Right now, we're going to start eating some food, and I talk about this on my show all the time, especially when I come to Los Angeles, because Foggia Italian Market in Delhi is in Lakewood. My friends, uh, Bob and Linda, who own it, uh, this place is great. So let me tell you right off the bat, Foggia Italian Market in Delhi is right off the boat Italian. You feel like you're in New York, you feel like you're in New Jersey, you feel like you're in Italy. Is this all from them too? Yes, everything here is from down I'm, there. I'm we have appetizers on the table, and we have a main course on the table. When I first went down there, the sandwiches were so great, I took them to the Laugh Factory, because oh, the Laugh wow. Factory in Long Beach is very close, mm -hmm. and I brought them on stage, and I was eating the sandwiches on stage. <laughs> so Foggia Italian Market in Delhi, thank you so much for catering the show tonight. Fogia is located, located at 5522 Del Amo Boulevard in Lakewood, California, and they're on the internet at www.fogiadeli.com. And so what I did was I brought some appetizers on the table for my friend mm. Ahmed Ahmed to taste. <laughs> did I say it wrong? Ahmed. I'm, I'm trying to, no, I'm trying to be right. In this, in this plate right here, we have what we call appetizers, or in Italian we would say andibast. This is provolone cheese, and this is, uh, you, you don't want to take that, that's pepperoni. It's I don't think pepperoni has pork, pork it, in it. It does. It does. Uh, any connoisseur out there want to let me know? Because Foggia, um, Bob is watching the show right now, and his hey, wife, Linda. No offense, Bob and Linda, I just can't physically eat pork. Well, I guess maybe he can't have the pepperoni. And that plate over there, we have three, uh, two different appetizers and a couple of pieces of bread because we're going to dip in the gravy or sauce, whatever you call it. And over here is an olive salad, just many different kind of olives and a lot of garlic. And believe it or not, some lemon. And then one of my favorite things, these are little baby cherry tomato uh, peppers. And inside the pepper is um, cheese. Jeez, and it's cheese. delicious. I just had one. So, uh, yeah, so an Italian person just said, yes, it's pork, so don't try it's it. It's pork. Thanks, Gina. All right, so, and then in the plate over here, we have our main course, which is just macaroni with some meat sauce and some meatballs, but he can't have the meatballs because there's pork in it. Look, nothing against people who, I love the taste of pork. I just can't digest it for whatever reason. Pork is like my kryptonite. Everyone has like a kryptonite. And pork is my you fucking cold pork kryptonite. No, it's my kryptonite. <laughs> oh, I get vertigo, people. This is Parmesan cheese. If you would like some cheese, sure. Is it also now, from Foggia? Yes, everything is from Foggia Italian Market in Delhi, down in Lakewood. I'm going there Thursday because I have a set at the Long Beach Laugh Factory, and I'm going there Saturday because I have a set at the Long Beach Laugh Factory as well. So if anybody wants to come, I'm going to Foggia. I'm going to get myself a nice fat meatball sandwich, and then I'm going to go over to the Laugh Factory and try to do some stand-up because I'm going to be full. It might be difficult. And let's have some questions. So right now, Dino Mezzone from 
Montreal, Italy. Hey, Dino, how you doing? Great show, Mike. Ahmed, how are you? Great getting to hear you and see you. This is Ahmed. You can look him up on the internet. He's got a jaywalking ticket he'd like to show you. <laughs> is pork acceptable in Islam? Um, no. It's not. <laughs> Maybe that's why. He I'm... didn't seem to want to extend on the answer either. No. <laughs> um, pork. Pork is. Um. I don't know. Do you really want to get into this? Look, he does. I like the way it tastes. Bacon makes everything better. I just physically can't digest pork. Just some people are lactose intolerant. Some people are allergic to peanuts. Some people. I'm a little lactose intolerant sometimes. Yeah, it depends. But I have to have cheese. Oh, yeah. I was I'm just, Italian. I, How I could actually you not just eat said this that. I just said that today to myself. I was like, you know what? I'm a little lactose intolerant, but screw it. I'm having cheese. Uh, the, pork, the pig in, in the Koran and the religion of Islam is considered a quote-unquote, I don't want to say this, I guess a... Uh, not a good thing? Unsanitary animal. What animal is not? The pig, pig? Is, is not is not sanitary. It's not. Um, <clears throat> it's considered a dirty. It's hard animal. to talk and eat, isn't it? Yeah, but this is really good, Bob and Linda. Quattro, Bob and Linda Quattro. I love bacon. I love ham. But did you ever go to a party where it's a pig roast and you see the pig being roasted? I won't eat it. There's something about looking at it and eating it. I can't do it. <clears throat> Sad to say. Yeah, I wouldn't know that feeling because I stay very far. I, I've eaten pork, I think, three or four times on accident. I'm allergic to seafood. I can't eat fish. Now, what happens when so you... So if I see a fish and people are eating it, I have to walk away. What it's happens? like unbelievable to me. What happens when you eat it? Uh, the niacin in the fish gives, hits my lymph nodes and I turn red. Then my throat swells up, and then you got to go to the hospital. It sounds like when an Asian person drinks whiskey. <laughs> you ever see Asian people when they drink whiskey? No. They turn red and their throat swells really? up. Really? Maybe they should start eating fish. we got to get Joe Coy on the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want a drink? <laughs> you have a lot of... We didn't even talk about his career yet. All right, let's take a, fuck, a, a few more questions, and uh, then we'll move on to where we're going to see him perform. Is the same in Judaism. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's the same in Judaism. I'm just a person who has always been very interested in religion. And that question and answer is coming from Gina Marie, who's in Long Island, New York. In fact, if you get to go perform over at Governor's Comedy Club, famous comedy club in Long Island, New York, we'll get Gina to come and see. Here's a letter coming in from a friend named Mike Marino. Great getting to hear you and your big heroes is Muhammad Ali. It's one of mine, too. Please tell us why he is. Who said anything about Muhammad Ali? Is that you, or is that a different Mike Marino? That's a different Mike Marino. That's me. Yeah, I mean, got, how would I say anything to me? Got, I was like, <laughs> right? I was like, I, you're sitting right here. I yeah, mean, I didn't make any moves. Any questions? Anybody want to talk to my friend Ahmed Ahmed? Anybody want to question the food that we have on this plate? The food's awesome. There's our friends at Fogia. Nice to see you. There's everybody at Fogia, Italian Market in Delhi. Thank you so much for the food. We got tickets for you if you guys want to come and see the show on Thursday or Saturday night. We're going to be in Long Beach. However, why don't we tell you all where our meds going to be performing while we're talking to our, our uh, 
food provided and catered by Foggia Deli. So where are you this weekend? I produce and host a show on uh, Friday nights in Huntington Beach at a place called Sea Legs. Sea Legs at the beach. It's a destination spot. It's right on the sand. It seats about 400 people. Holy crap. Yeah, so I'm going to get, that's why I want to sit with you face to face and All get right. you on the schedule. We'll get on there. When we're done, I'm going to pull up. 400 seats. Wow. Well, so it's 400 seats inside the paid ticketing area. And then there's a boardwalk about 10 feet wide. And then on that side of the sand, another sometimes two, 300 people will show up for free because legally they can. It's a state beach. Oh, wow. And there's no wall or barricade. <clears throat> so you can watch and physically see the show from. The free, they call it cheap beach. Yeah, the cheap seats. Um, or the cheap beach seats. Cheap beach is what they call it. But what about people who walk around, didn't pay, maybe if they don't like what you're saying, did they ever yell out? No, they, they know that they, they couldn't afford the ticket. and they, they should. <laughs> Plus there's like 10, 6 foot 7, 350 pound Samoan security guards walking around. Really? Yeah. It's a really tight ship. They don't really have music there. And, um, You're every Friday night? Every Friday night, if you go to feverup.com, that's F-E-V-E-R, feverup.com, it's called Comedy on the Beach, or just go to my Instagram, at Ahmed Comedy, but we've had Bill Burr, Tiffany Haddish, uh, we've had Adam Carolla, we've had Jeff Ross, we've had Fortune Themester, Lunell, um, Tom Rhodes, Vicky Barbalak, we'll get you down there. You know, so great, great comedians he just named from the top all the way down. And I think what's really cool is he's naming some comedians that really hit the big time. But there was a time where we were all kind of basically new to the industry. Hanging out at the Laugh Factory. Hanging out at the Laugh Factory, <laughs> got each other's back, mm -hmm. giving each other maybe a joke or two, being kind of like a family, especially the Laugh Factory. And uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I think one of the greatest things, and I was telling some of the comedians I was working with in Reno this week, I felt so embraced when I first came here from New Jersey by the comedy community, especially the so-called urban, because supposedly I had an urban edge because I'm Italian from those. New Jersey. Yeah, you did a lot of those. Uh, yeah, and shows. I would do the Latino Comedy Festival. I would do Chocolate Sunday, Fat Tuesday. As far as I'm concerned, I didn't care. I needed to work, and I wanted to get on stage, so... And I never changed my act because of what I saw in the audience. I stuck to me, my family, my point of view, which is what makes everything work. Mike, for those of you that are watching and listening, <clears throat> Mike Marino is not only one of the best comics out there, not only, not only of our time, but just of all time, um, but arguably one of the most respected comics. You know, your work ethic your joke writing, your point of view, your directiveness. You know, you got such a cool, funny, wicked, kind of whimsical comeback and tags and stuff. Um, it's always great to watch you. Mike's one of those guys at the comedy store at Laugh Factory. When he went up, when comics go into the room to watch you, that means you kind of made it in the comedy world. Yeah. Because people are now saying, oh, I'm going to study from this guy. I'm going to yeah. watch this guy. I'm going to... You know what are his tricks of the trade and so forth. So, yeah, it was great. Thanks, I mean, I, thanks for saying that. Yeah, I, I, le I, le that. I learned a lot just from watching you. That's something mm -hmm. else because the last show I did with you in Venice Beach, um, there were a few comics standing in the in the room, and I I was just like, hi, how you doing? And they were all saying hello, and you know I had that kind of shy. I don't know if I could say hello to him. No, type they, thing. no, they got nervous. <laughs> yeah, they got kind of nervous, 
And the one guy goes, yeah, I just couldn't wait to watch you do what you do. He I goes, had three, I had you're three so young, sharp. I'm like, I'm always so nervous about it. I had three young comics come up to me, and they're like, because it's like a dark parking lot where we do our show. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, is that Mike Marino? And I was like, yeah. They're like, no way. And I'm like, is that Jim Jeffries? No way! <laughs> or Jonathan Kite, who I think is hilarious. That's the beauty of our industry and our shows. You'll have five different comics come into the same show, and everybody's on, I wouldn't say different levels, just different places in their career. Whether you've been in the game for a long time or not. Um, from the young up-and-comers... <clears throat> To the veterans like yourself and the legends who all kind of you know the comedy club scene and the comedy show scene typically equalizes everybody's egos which is nice you know everybody just kind of has a place to kind of hang out as a community and there's a culture there yeah yeah somebody uh gets sick we all stick together somebody uh passes away there's uh what do you call it when everybody got together for Paul Mooney recently mm. on an homage or maybe even a roast um, that they are on the last time they're ever going to be on the marquee. Uh, Thanksgiving, there's always something. Christmas, there's always something. They even have uh, a therapy at the Laugh Factory in mm -hmm. case anybody needs it because, you know. I've done it. You have? Yeah. I've always turned I, to I other got, comedians. I got my, my four processions. Really? Yeah, Who is the therapist? I can't even remember her name. Actually, I don't want to say her name. That's a different podcast. All right. <laughs> well, we just took a completely different turn. Let's do this. She, uh, no, at the Laugh Factory, they would offer... Free therapy. If you felt like you needed to talk to somebody, they had in-house therapists, you'd get an hour session, and you'd get four, you'd get free, four free sessions. So I used up my four free sessions, and I was like, oh, the therapist is, you know, I feel like I can trust her and confide in her and all that. <clears throat> and then um, and then I started to pay her for sessions, and it turns out I couldn't trust her. <laughs> Touch that bitch. No, she disclosed some information about me to other comics, and it came back to me. Really? That's why. That's why I let her go. Wow, that's like a doctor's no-no. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you you know they they have an agreement like client privilege. You yeah. Know? And I was talking to a comic one day, and he was like, "Yeah, man." I'm like, I won't say the comic's name. You know him. Let me see if I can do an impression of him. Yeah, man. I was a doctor at so and so's, you know, office the other day, and uh, she kept on talking about this comic, and I kept on thinking to myself, that motherfucker sounds like Ahmed. <laughs> And I said, did she say my name? He goes, nah, she never said your name, but she said everything else. How you doing, G. Riley? <laughs> <laughs> Am or, I close? Or, or every black comic <laughs> in, the, in the country. He said it. <laughs> I can't. I'm, Actually, I'm there was not. a Latino comedian with me in Reno this weekend, and he was doing Felipe Esparza mm. on the money. I mean, if you closed your eyes, you thought you were sitting next to Felipe for sure. I mean, I really don't. I don't do anybody well enough, but uh, I was. With I, I would even ruin their jokes. You you, you referenced Jonathan Kite. Yeah, really. he's great. He's a great impressionist. He's one of the great ones out there. Yeah, we were in Arizona doing a show one night. And it was me, 
Katie Krizorla, Jason Rogers, um, a few other people, and Jonathan Kite. And, you know, we had all been drinking. We were up till like, 3 in the morning just talking trash and whatever, whatever. And he went into a whole Sebastian uh, Oh, Jonathan impression. did? And really? He, bro, he had all of us dying. Dying. You know, he just did, you know... Why would you... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why would you put the meatball next yeah. to the... Who does that? <laughs> Aren't you embarrassed? Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Kite, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know who he is, he had a really good recurring role on Two Broke, Broke Girls. Girls. He does a lot of impersonations. Look him up on the internet. He's on Netflix right now. Yeah, he's working on the Jamie Foxx mm -hmm. series. And he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. He stuck around to watch my set, which made me feel so good. And he does, does great impersonations. In fact, he does one of my favorite impersonations he does. I was telling him to do that night, who's a friend of yours. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Who's the actor who's been in uh, Wedding Crashers? Oh, Vince Vaughn. He does Vince Vaughn really, really well. And he was doing them that night, which he I does. Think a, he does a good hilarious. Vince. I think he does a he does a good Chris Walken. He does a pretty good Vince, not on point, but it's, oh no, his cadence, you know, his fast talking. It's more, I think his um, <clears throat> his body movements and his sort of like great the energy, um, great guy. But his Sebastian man, my God, yeah, we were bro, we were crying. I got a question for you right now, coming in from. Uh, a friend on the internet, and I was going to ask this question too, but it's coming from Pammy Pam. She's a great fan. She comes to my, a, lot of, a lot of my shows on the East Coast. What got you into stand-up? Um, Pamela? Yeah, yeah, Pammy Pam. Hey, Pammy Pam. <clears throat> um, sorry, my mouth is... We're eating. Eating and doing a pot. I don't, I don't think I've ever done this. It's fun. <laughs> it's nice. This is Ginzaloon for sure. <laughs> um... I was an actor for like seven, eight years. I, I was in, um, I basically played between <clears throat> 1995 and about 2005, those 10 years, I was the token terrorist in every movie. I was, I know that sounds funny. I know, look, I look, I'm too good looking to be a terrorist. And terrorists don't wear Under Armour. Or pink sneakers. Or pink sneakers. Um, no, I, I was making. I don't a... mean to laugh, but you know, no laugh. Actors do get stereotyped, especially in their look. Laugh. However, I was always the opposite. Every time I was in a mob movie, I was the Irish cop that got whacked. <laughs> yeah, because you don't look Italian. Not, typically, you never going to happen. You look like the Irish guy. Right, which is okay with me. But he's talking about how he uh, played roles as a terrorist. I don't mean to laugh, but you could see. <laughs> I made a great living. <clears throat> I was in the movie my first part ever in a big blockbuster action movie. <laughs> was called Executive Decision with Kurt Russell and Halle Berry and Steven Seagal. John Leguizamo was in it. It was like this big all-star cast. And it was about a bunch of Muslim terrorists who take over an airplane. And Kurt Russell played like the guy who saved the day. And I played, I was terrorist number four. I was like number four on like the, there was like the main hitman and then me. And I didn't even have any lines. I remember... I did like the whole Akbar. <laughs> 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 it was like, you know, I did like that. I don't mean to laugh. It's just 
it's kind of funny because you're actually um, hearing what it's like to be in the sh in showbiz from a guy who actually does it, and you know we all see what we see, but he's the guy. Yeah. So if, if you, you know see, what I'm talking about. So if about. you go back and watch these movies, you'll be like, oh wow, he's like he's from California. He's from so <laughs> that terrorist is from Riverside. I saw him on the Mike Marino show. Because <laughs> this is where we go. We go to Mike Marino's podcast and find out new recruits. Are you out there? Right now. <laughs> if you're out there, we want you. So so anyway, I made a, I made a lot of money for a good like it was about ten years on and off. Um, playing the terrorist, like the token terrorist. The, I was in the. Uh, I was on Roseanne. I was on Tracy, you know, Tracy Ullman show. I was, it must have been like a dozen or so movies. Um, and then I just wanted a change. I wanted to reinvent myself. I was looking for a new voice. I got tired. It was interesting because I was making really good money, um, living in a nice place in the hills. I had money. It was, it was when that two percentile of working actors and working on big projects too. Um, but I wasn't happy on the inside. And I wasn't, because I'd see all my friends and colleagues like auditioning for like the friend or the cop or the teacher or the normal person, you know? And I was always like, if you don't do what I say, Allah will have his wrath. And then I will be off with your head. You know, it was always like those dramatic Arab stereotypes. And I was like, Hollywood, you got to change the narrative. This is getting boring. And they didn't and wouldn't. And then I quit, and I ran out of money. I slept on Vince Vaughn's couch, actually, after that. So you guys were good friends? We are good friends. And still? Then, uh, still we are, yep. Yeah. Awesome guy. And <clears throat> I I, uh, I went back to waiting tables. And that's how I, how, how I got into stand-up comedy. It was long, sort of a long uh, answer to your question, Pamela. But I transitioned from being an actor to a comedian through waiting tables I was making a lot of money in tips. Um, and I figured, you know what? I was making my tips because I was making my customers laugh. So I figured, let me just get the food element out of the way and go straight to the consumer. And that's what stand-up comedy is, really, is kind of, kind of being a funny waiter, but with no food. So then you started performing. Was the comedy store your first place? No, I started, um, I, I couldn't get past at any of those places. Laugh right. Factory Comedy Store. So I started doing little coffee shops, open mics. I would drive to freaking Fresno for 50 bucks and a beer, whatever it took. And then I eventually said, screw it. I've always had an entrepreneurial kind of way about me um, and had always had this producer hat, you know, that I wore. You created your own show. So we started a show at a place called Dublin's on the Sunset Strip with Jay Davis. It was arguably from 1998 or nine or 1998 or 99 until 2003 or four. It was the hottest comedy night in 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 the country really but yeah. it started out in Hollywood on the Sunset Strip and everybody came through there Dan Cook Dave Chappelle you did it yes um, I hardly even knew you guys then I was coming from getting tortured around California too and I was doing the comedy store but then everybody went down to Dublin's it was one of the hottest clubs in general on the Sunset Strip it's long since been gone a lot of different uh, one-nighters, we called it, on the strip, are long since gone. And then the comedy store was almost over at the end of the 90s, beginning of the 2000s, and now it has a whole big resurgence. So I was at the comedy store for about 10 years. So that's when I came and was after Dublin's. 
Dublin's. So Polly Shore came into Dublin's one night at the height of its success, and he was like, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> you guys should come into my mom's club and do the start." <clears throat> so we went over to his mom's club on a Thursday. Dublin's was Tuesday. Uh, rock comedy, we called it at the comedy store in the main room. Thursday, we took the best of the best. And <clears throat> I was on a show one night that I was producing. I just threw myself up on the lineup. Mitzi Shore happened to catch me. And that's how she passed me. Excellent. Yeah. So that's, and then I ended up getting to the Laugh Factory and eventually the Improv. And then I went on to do the Access of Evil comedy tour. Yes, we got to bring that up. I think one of the biggest, most talked about, most successful tours was the Axis of Evil. For, middle, for the Middle Eastern culture, it was. I mean, one of the biggest of all time now. But um, for the Middle Eastern culture, yeah, we were the first. We kind of trailblazed it. It took a minute knocking on doors and convincing people. But like with anything, you just have to have <clears throat> persistence and keep pushing on the rock. And eventually it'll turn into a diamond. You know, you got to put pressure Um Sometimes I may have applied too much pressure. Yeah, well, hey, you got to hustle because this is an overcrowded field. There's a lot of people who think they can do what a stand-up comic can do. And it's not because you're with your friends and you're funny. It's training night after night after night and getting a rhythm, getting a point of view, learning how to take your life and put it in the hands of other people and let them enjoy. Now, you've also performed in Dubai. I think you had your hand in on what's going on with me because on June 23rd, I leave for Dubai, so I do want to get some pointers from you as to what I'm going to expect from the plane ride to who's going to be there. But tell us about going to Dubai when it originally started. You're the guy who actually started it, right? I mean, there were a lot of hands on deck, but um, if you're on YouTube, if um, if you're watching out there, go on YouTube and type in uh, cross-cultural productions with an S, plural, cross-cultural productions on YouTube. Uh, I made a documentary about it called Just Like Us. Going to Dubai? We were in Dubai, Lebanon, Egypt, Saudi Arabia. Holy mackerel. Say it again. Let everybody hear this because we're going to get going in about three to five minutes. But I want everybody to see exactly what Ahmed Ahmed is talking about because I'm actually getting ready to go to do what he's talking about right now which was something I always wanted to do when I was calling you going, hey, man, I'd like to go, I'd yeah. like to go. It's a, look, if you guys want to get a little bit of cultural understanding, yes, go to Cross-Cultural Productions on YouTube. There are two versions of the movie, one for children. It's an educational version. We just bleep out the F-bombs. And then one for the adults. We went to Dubai, Lebanon, Egypt, Saudi Arabia. Whitney Cummings was on the tour. Angelo Sarukis was on the tour. Sebastian Maniscalco, um, Maz Jabrani, Tommy Davidson, Tom Papa, Oni Jalili. Um, I can't remember why you didn't come and do the tour with us. I think you were busy or touring or... Who knows, anyway, but unbelievable. It's, it's a great cultural documentary. It's funny. It's lighthearted. My dad's in it, who passed away recently, but he kind of steals the show. And it's a good thing to watch. If you're going to go to the Middle East, it's a good thing to watch just to kind of educate yourself. But I'll... I'll give you some some yeah. tricks of the trade and pointers. I went there in 2005 for a private event. And um, <clears throat> it was in front of 500 Arabs at the Grand Hyatt Hotel, and I and I killed it. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> and uh, and, and um, I had a producer come up to me and say, hey, let's try to do a private, like a secret show and see how it works with expats. 
because Dubai is full of expats, British, Australian, South African, Russian, Lebanese, Eastern European, whole thing. So Indian, Pakistani. So we did this show, and he sent out 12 emails, and 450 people showed up the next day. Unbelievable. And that's when I had the idea that, oh, people in the Middle East want to laugh. Hence the name of my documentary, Just Like Us. They want to laugh just like us. Right. You know, despite cultural and religious differences, five things go around, make, make us go around, right? What are the five things that make the world go round and round? Food, music, comedy, uh, I would say romance, and sleep. Yeah. You know, you can sprinkle in the other things, exercise, meditation, reading, all that stuff. But I'm saying the five basic components of life are the ones I just mentioned. And comedy, for sure, to me, is in the top three. Some of you out there might be like, well, sex is number one for me, uh, or food's number one for me, or music's my jam. But comedy really does make the world go round and round, and it builds a you know, cross-cultural dialogue. It's for true. A lot of people always write into the show and say, you know, of course, laughter is the best medicine. And uh, it's one of the greatest things because it does make you happy, makes you forget about all the problems in the world. So we do got to get going. But one more time, I want everybody to listen to where you could find and watch Ahmed. Am I saying it right? Ahmed. 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 I love it. I'm going to be doing it right. I don't know how that made him laugh. Ahmed. Ahmed. What's your uh, social media? Uh, you can just find me at Ahmed Comedy, A-H-M-E-D Comedy on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook, but don't use it that much. Instagram is where you'll find me the most. And then Cross-Cultural Productions on YouTube. The movie's called Just Like Us. It's a great film to watch. Sit down with your soulmate, your kids, your friends. 72 minutes long. And how about this weekend? This weekend, every Friday night uh, in Huntington Beach, California, go to feverup.com. It's called Sea Legs at the Beach. It's right on the ocean. Um, that's every Friday night in Huntington Beach, feverup.com. And then every Saturday night in Venice Beach, uh, venicecomedycompound.com. And you can just go to the website, venicecomedycompound.com, for tickets there. Comics are always killers and monster lineups, and we only get the best of the best. Yeah, you really do. The lineups are fantastic. It's outdoors. Everybody's happy. Everybody's friendly. And we do what we want. So I'm going to get going. I want to thank my friend, Ahmed Ahmed, for coming on the show tonight. Thanks, this brother. was Appreciate a lot of fun. You. We had a lot of great food. Thank you for our caterer tonight. We love Fogia Italian Market in Delhi in Lakewood, California. I'm going to be all over Los Angeles this week. Then I go on tour the following week to New Jersey. And from there, I'm going to Dubai. So we're going to chat for a little while, see what the hell's going to happen with me. Just go to MikeMarino.net, sign up for my newsletter. You can watch the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps. A nice shout-out to the producer of the show, live from my mother's basement, Tatiana Blueshell, who's also the producer of Make America Italian Again, and she's the producer of the show that we do the last Sunday of every month called The Not-So-Late Show with Mike Marino. Hey, let's make America Italian again. Maybe just not tonight. <laughs> Remember, you don't know nothing, you don't see nothing, you don't say nothing. And how do I end every single one of my broadcasts, everybody, by saying the same thing? Because everything is cool. Don't take no shit from nobody. Ready? Don't, don't take, take no, no shit, shit from, from nobody. nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. That was fun, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to Live from My Mother's Basement with me, Mike Marino. 
Make sure you log on to all my social media at Mike Marino Live on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.